Hello, Dwayne Brown here with Ali Alvarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Uh, Ali, uh, we've got an exciting uh, call today, don't we? Yeah, re- for, well, for you and I, it's like nerd, nerd exciting. Like we're like super excited, right? <laughs> you know. For some yeah. others, I'm sure they don't they don't they don't get as excited as we do over stuff like this. But this is super powerful. And I just want to uh, preface this: uh, those of you that are watching live or, or later on watching the video, uh, you know, for the podcast, is if I don't look as excited as I sound, it's just because I'm not feeling that great, and I'm gonna actually see the doctor <clears throat> after our oh, okay. call today because I, I it's been about a week that I've. Uh, been feeling bad, and so I apologize in advance if I start coughing or what have you. I'm trying to end up out when that happens. But and it may be allergies too, so be careful that you don't think it's a cold. Because I had that not too long ago, where I thought I had the flu, and uh, it turned out to be allergies. I've never had allergies before, and it hit me, and I was like, "Oh my god, I think I have the flu!" But it was literally allergies. I didn't know. I've never experienced. It. I didn't know the feeling. So yeah. be careful. I'll just blame it on glo- I'll blame it on global warming. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway, so we have a really introduce. You want me to introduce yeah. our guest? Yeah, introduce Gus. So, okay, so for those of you that are watching and um, you know listening, we have uh, Gus right here, Gus Lopez, and he's from Hunter Media, um, and um, he is a uh, you know a social media expert as far as marketing goes. He he does um, really amazing Facebook campaigns uh, and uh, works with social media. Um, with uh, various stages of the game, and, uh, you know, we're just happy to have him here. He's a young entrepreneur. I like that about him when we first met online. Um, he's now running some of my campaigns for Facebook and um, really helping me in regards to that, and I'm super excited. I just wanted to share it because, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, we're dabbling. We're jumping in. We're taking this mini course that we could do on Facebook marketing, or we get a coach or a consultant to tell us what to do. It's easy. Don't worry. Um, and, yeah, you could probably get ads up and running and get them going. Um, but getting them to work and actually have them become efficient so that they become a, a source generation or a, um, a money generation because they're signing, getting people to convert to memberships and sign up, um, you know, that's the real big thing. It's not about ticking the box. Yeah, okay, I got social media running. It's about having social media running and working effectively. So, welcome to our call today, Gus, and happy to have you here. And um, yeah, so uh, so tell us a little bit about what you do, and and you know what makes you, you know, when when you started doing this, or you know uh, what type of businesses you work with, and so on. Awesome. Well, thank you all for having me. Uh, really excited to be on on the show. And uh, yeah, just a little bit about myself. Um, you know, I started uh, dabbling in marketing when I was in college. And, uh, you know, I, I came across, uh, doing some consulting. Um, I started, uh, you know, my first business, which was like, uh, publishing books on Amazon. And then, um, once I had success in that, I created a course on that. And then I started doing marketing campaigns around that, running ads and all that good stuff. So, um, after I did all that, you know, I decided that I was gonna, um, stop doing that and focus on creating my own agency. And, uh, like, as far as, like, for me, like, I, I love going to the gym. I love, like, martial arts. You know, I've done, like, boxing, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Like, I've been to karate, you know, when I was small. So, like, it's, I love, like, martial arts. I love watching uh, martial arts as well, like UFC and all that. So, um, I just wanted to get into this industry. And uh, so I started running ads for gyms and uh, kickboxing gyms, martial arts, uh, CrossFit, and I just really enjoyed the whole subscription model of uh, bringing people in through Facebook 
and, uh, you know, ha- adding more members to, to these businesses. And, uh, you know, I started doing that, I started having some success in that. And, uh, this is what I do right now. My marketing agency, uh, specializes in Facebook ads and, uh, marketing for gyms. Wow. Very, very cool. So, so for me, I know, listen, Dwayne and I have coached hundreds and hundreds of martial arts school owners. Um, we've done, uh, you know, online programs and, you know, we have, this is like our 215th call that we've done on our school owner talk page. Yeah. So it's like we have our iTunes, uh, account where people sign in and their followers. It's really kind of a very busy, popular thing. But one thing we run across and we find is that, um, and I hate to use this cliche, but it's like, you know, dollar, um, dollar wise, penny foolish, or penny foolish dollar. I forget. Yeah, I think I think it's dollar wise, penny foolish, right? Like people are always mm. counting the money, um, and they're worried about investing money into their campaigns, right? I, you know, sometimes yeah. people like yourself, other experts, coaches, consultants, they, you know, they charge a decent dollar to do what they do. But the reason mm. being is because um, you bring business in to uh, to people, right? And the whole right. ultimate goal is for people to you know, to make money off of what you do, right? And so ultimately mm. for you, what do you think are some of the, for those people out there running their own campaigns, um, you know, rather than having you do it, but if they are running their own campaigns, um, what are some of the things that people are missing? What do you find that's a big, like, it seems to be like the biggest pitfalls with Facebook. Yeah, pitfalls and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so one of the things I've uh, found out, you know, I've, I've pretty much been running ads like, all year, year-round, you know, every day I'm running ads. So one of the things I found is, like, uh, like the the same strategies that you could have used, like, six months ago or even a couple of years, uh, years ago, like, you can't use them right now. Like, Facebook is constantly changing. The algorithm is constantly changing. So, you know, like, back when Facebook had started, you know, you can just, like, boost a post or run, like, a very simple ad, and it will get a lot of traction. Now you have all these people competing with you because everybody is, you know, trying to run Facebook ads or you have other agencies as well. Um, so it's a little bit tougher uh, to actually run profitable campaigns. And uh, it's not about just the ads. Like there's like three main things. Uh, like it's the offer that you're running. It is the, the ads themselves, like the copy, the images. Um, and then it's the sales profits. Like you got to have all three. Um, or else you're not going to have a very profitable campaign. Yeah, and, and I love you and I, um, Dwayne and I are both members of Spark. We um, we use Spark, so we have a lot, and you and I, have, Gus, have been talking about, and I've showed you my my automations that I have set up, so like the click funnel afterwards, the sales pages, and so on. And um, there are so many components that, like, literally, it, it sometimes makes me want to just go take a nap. I mean, I'm, like, overwhelmed yeah. <laughs> information, right? And I know that there are many martial artists that are out there that, you know, they're good teachers. They're, they're decent businessmen. Um, they're, they'd much rather outsource the, the whole other process to somebody like yourself because um, it is mind-boggling, right? You know, so it's like you and I talk about a lot of things, and I think that you can appreciate that, you know, I know a lot mm. of the stuff that I need, like, you know, having a sales funnel in place, making sure I do follow-ups yeah. and follow-ups. But when you and I first met, you're like, hey, listen, you got to call people. you got to get in touch yeah. with them on a regular basis. And you're finding that a lot of clients don't do that. They don't follow up and follow mm-hmm. through. They don't, um, they don't, you know, do the phone calls immediately after. 
So um, what, what do you find that you have a struggle with? What are some of the pitfalls that, you, like Dwayne said before, that you, you find other businesses are doing? Yeah, so, um, like, whenever I start working with somebody, like, the good thing about, you know, having your own business is that you can choose who to work with. And, uh, you know, I'm in that position where I can do that. You know, I don't want to take on somebody who's not willing to uh, do the work because then that's going to fall short on, on my performance as well, you know, because I'm going to be running right. the ads. They're going to be doing the selling. So it has to be a team effort. And uh, that's why I always tell, like, whenever I'm running Facebook ads, I always tell my clients to follow up within – to try to follow up within 10 minutes. Um, I realize that, you know, not that's not going to be the case, but – um, you know, as fast as you can follow up with the lead, the faster, like, the better of a response that you're going to get. Like, uh, I think there was an article on uh, on a Harvard Journal where, like, if you follow up with leads, like, even an hour later, like, it decreases your chance of actually, you know, getting them to pick up. And, uh, you know, we live in a world where, like, there's so many distractions that, you know, somebody, you might have gotten a lead and, you know, you call them up a few hours and they might not even remember, like, who you are or what they signed up for. So, oh, dude, I had, that, I, I had that the other day. Dwayne, I, I got a lead. Yeah. Or, you know, got set it up. I get the text message. I immediately, like, literally a minute later got the text message. I send over an email and I make a phone call. The phone call, they don't pick up the phone. Then I leave a voicemail for them. Then they they text me back and say, "Who are you?" And I say, "I'm I'm the guy that you just filled out the form for the trial class um, to do martial art program." They go, "Yeah, we're not interested. We changed our mind." One minute later, like so, maybe they're just dabbling. Like I was talking to my buddies this morning, Gus, on this, and I, I meet every Wednesday yeah. with a bunch of martial art friends, and um, we were saying that it's interesting that people maybe are just in their head going, "Hey, let me just fill out this form." Um, so I could get that out of the way, and in the future I'll have the information if I ever decide to use it. So they're impulsive. Mm-hmm. They might not actually have the desire to do it, so they get the form out of the way and they do it, and um, they really don't have an interest. Like I have people who sign up online in the middle of the night for my $20 um, three-class special and never, ever come in. And I had a guy who's yeah. been doing this for years. He signs up for my $69 free month. He buys a new uniform every year from me online. I ship it to him, and he hasn't come in. It's four years in a row that he's purchased the program, purchased the equipment, and never showed up. So I think that he gets, like, some sort of weird feeling, signs up, feels guilt-free because he made the first step and then never follows up. It's a weird yeah. dynamic. So so what do you suggest? Like, how do we get these leads to, um, you know, continually uh, turn over, come in, show up, other than the ten, you know, calling up within an hour or ten minutes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the, the reality is, like, you know, there's not all leads are going to follow through. You know, you're going to have, even if you call, like, within ten minutes, you might have some leads that don't pick up. Uh, you might have some leads that just maybe um, we're just dabbling with the form. Um, and then you will have some leads that, that book a call or book an appointment but maybe don't show up and then you will have those that do and actually follow through. Now, that small percentage of people that actually show up and come in and purchase, like uh, if you can just get like a good percentage of those to come in, like that will make up for for the whole campaign, right? So um, if we can just get a good percentage of leads to come in and buy, um, then that makes the campaign worth it. Right. So now, uh, Brett Dunlap, who you also do, you, you work with, right? 
Um, and uh, he's online, and he just typed in. He says, "By using Facebook, lead forms remove so much friction that it takes no thought process. It's so easy." Tell us a little bit more about that. Like, what about? And that's what we're using right now, you and I, right? They're filling mm-hmm. out the Facebook yeah. lead form. I'm getting the email, and then I'm doing some of the manual plugging into Spark and all the other stuff. But, um, mm-hmm. but so tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so the the reason why I like using uh, Facebook lead forms is because whenever you use a lead form, like Facebook gives preference to that, just because the whole per- the whole goal of Facebook is for people to stay on Facebook, right? So they can make money. So like while you're using the lead form, Facebook already has their information. So once somebody clicks on your ad. Um, it auto-populates their name, their email, their all their information, their phone number. So all they have to do is submit the button, uh, you know, click a few buttons, and, uh, you know, you got their information. You can follow up with them. And, uh, you know, opposed to using, like, a landing page where they have to go to a landing page and they have to fill their information manually, um, that, that, that would be the difference. You'll typically get a little bit more leads from the lead form just because it's so easy for people to do it. So now let me play devil's advocate on that. So maybe because it's so easy, people are like, yeah. hey, they typed in their name, it auto-populates, they hit send. They didn't yeah. take enough action to actually be serious. So, like, for example, mm. we spoke about this. We don't want them to jump through too many hoops, right? We don't want them to go from the yeah. lead form to a landing page and then have to fill out the landing page and get another email and then sign up online. We want to eliminate as many processes as possible. But sometimes mm. that a process or two makes them a little bit more of a qualified client or does it yeah. even matter? Are we, should we just be grabbing as many leads as we can and hoping that more turn out rather than the other process where making them jump through so many hoops and then if the serious ones stay, then that's good. I mean, I, I it's kind of like a, you know, give or take. Like what, what do you think? What do you think about that? Yeah, I think there is no like right or wrong for that. I think like both work good. Um, in their own way. Um, it just also depends on the business too. Um, so I think, you know, using both of them, uh, are, is good. Like the only difference would be that, like I said, the Facebook gives a little more preference, uh, to the lead forms because they are on Facebook. So that would be the slight difference, but I think they're, they're both good in their own way. And like I said, not every lead is going to buy or show up. So as long as we have a good percentage, uh, I think, you know, th- it should be good. Now, you were saying you get you get people almost a guaranteed X amount of leads per month. So you were saying like some are like 30 to 40 leads a month that you're getting people yeah. through your campaigns. And um, the average campaigns, you know, will, will generate that kind of uh, lead generation. So out of that, if we sign up, I don't know, let's say 20% of those 30 leads, we're bringing in three to six clients a month that come through mm-hmm. the door and possibly sign up. So that's where the customer value becomes important. So let's pretend you're charging people, I don't know, let's just say a thousand bucks a month to do campaigning and they're paying fifteen five hundred dollars for budgeting. So it's fifteen hundred dollars mm-hmm. a month. If they get six leads that sign up at hundred and fifty dollars a pop, right? What is that? So it's like uh six uh nine hundred dollars but residual yeah. income. Like literally that mm-hmm. first month if they got nine sign ups, that nine sign ups if they stay that you paid for the entire year's worth of marketing, right? And every month you get Correct. more and more leads, right? Right, Dwayne? Does, does that make sense, really? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, so I mean... And, um, 
But when you look at that from the from the onset, you're going, okay, I, I've got a six $600 deficit is what that's showing. But, um, you know, Gus, explain to us why it's not a $600 deficit. Yeah, so I like to focus on uh, on lifetime value. So, and also, like, you, you'll be increasing your revenue every month as well. But typically, I like to ask the client or the business owner, like, how long do people usually stick at their gym or their studio? You know, and uh, I know some people have contracts, but I've had, like, clients with, like, a three-month contract, and th- their average customer stays, like, you know, a year or 14 months, right? So it's always good to know the numbers on your business, like, how long do your clients stay? And then, okay, so we know your clients stay for, let's pretend, a year. Um, we bring you X amount of customers per month. Those customers are going to stay for this amount of time, and that's how you calculate the revenue that you're going to get and uh, the, the return on investment on the ad. Okay. So quite quite often we talk about that all the time, right, Dwayne, a lifetime value, you know, people doing it. So I'm just thinking, like, I'm writing it down. So for people to see it in a more blank, you know, basic thing. So let's say yeah. month one is a 1000 bucks. Um, they get um, – I'm using my calculator, so that's why I'm looking down. So let's say it's 150 times, and they get, like, six members. That's $900. So the first month, they're, they're at a $100 loss. Um, but month two, if they get another six well, they're members – they're, they're, the first, first, first month, they're at a $600 loss if they spent 1500 And you only made right, nine. Okay, so, right, so six mm-hmm. months. So the, the, by next, the second month, you've added on 12 students. And now they're doing eighteen hundred dollars a month. So you're at a seven hundred dollar profit, um, and then that grows exponentially. Let's just say it's six students per month. You know, you're looking at the growth being massive towards the end of the year, while having your marketing campaign for, uh, campaign paid for. So it's about people mm. knowing what to invest, um, sticking around. But it's got to be based on results, right? And this is where the biggest problem is when people say, "Hey, Ali, I've been paying you uh, for a website." And uh, you designed my website, and you charged me $180 a month to do it, and I didn't get any calls this month. They look at that as a massive loss, 180 bucks out of my pocket. I got nothing, right? But then on the months where they got three or four or five people, they don't look about it. Hey, I said, if you get one client for the year, you've paid off the entire year of website service, right, if it's $150 a month, let's say. So, um, but people want to see that revenue keep pouring in every month and doubling and tripling and so on. So, um, what do you do, Gus, to keep that fresh? Are you constantly changing campaigns? Are you constantly updating? Because you said Facebook, I don't know why they do it, but they're always changing their methods. They change their dashboard. Yeah. They change their algorithm. They change everything, their requirements. So um, just staying on top of that alone is, is mind-numbing. So, like, mm-hmm. what do you do to keep the campaigns fresh and so on? Yeah, so um, I, I manage the campaigns every day. So every morning I just look at all the campaigns. And I look at the uh, the KPIs, which are like the key performance indicators, and I see, okay, how many, how much is a lead coming in? How much is a cost per click? How much? What's the click through rate? Are people actually clicking on the ad? And you know, what? Um, how many appointments have you booked? We can also track the number of appointments that were booked. We can also track website purchases. So the good thing about Facebook ads, um, opposed to all these other traditional methods. It's that it's 100% trackable. So I can track literally everything that we're doing. And, uh, and then I can predict, um, how to keep duplicating those results and keep getting those, uh, those great results over time. Now, 
Now, there are things, and I don't know the exact initials, the abbreviations for the different things, but there are ways based on the the way that you know how to run campaigns that the better the campaign performs, the cheaper it becomes to run as well, right? The, um, yeah. the don't go the cost of leads. Like if you have a more, I'm just remembering, like um, you have more of a qualified list of, of people that are in more in the target demographic based on testing. It goes down, clicks mm-hmm. per, per lead goes down and, and, and so on. Explain a little bit of that because that, again, is a little mind-boggling. Yeah, so, like, uh, at the beginning, um, like, once we start running the ads, like, it's really all about split testing, right? So um, we want to give Facebook as much variation as possible because Facebook is an optimization machine, right? Um, like, their algorithm really determines, like, if your ads are going to perform or not. Um, and they choose, like, who who these ads will be shown to, right? So let's say that you have an audience of 3,000 people that you're targeting on Facebook. So um, when you start running the ads, let's say the uh, first few people click on your ad within the first uh, few days, then what Facebook does is they optimize to to uh, find people who are similar to those people that click within the audience, right? So you might have been targeting, you're thinking you're targeting 30,000 people, but really Facebook narrows it down to like 1,000. Uh, a few thousand, so they can pick the right people, and uh, you know we can create a profitable campaign. So, so from what you're telling me, which is which is important for listeners to understand, and also for business owners to understand, is that even though the greed of Facebook, and I'm saying this just as an example, the greed of Facebook mm-hmm. is that they want you to click more ads and buy more ads. Really, yeah. though, they want qualified people so that. That we're going to stay. If we, if, if they sell us qualified leads with their algorithms, and they find people that are more likely to purchase, then mm-hmm. we're more likely to continue advertising. So they're doing their yeah. best to filter out the, the junks that you go, you know, so mm-hmm. to speak, right? The stuff that's really not working, and they help us find that demographic, whether it be, you know, uh, young young adults or females or people mm-hmm. with children. And what they like and listen to and read about and so on is that is that correct? Yeah. So so Facebook's priority is the customers, right? Because without the customers, if the customers are not happy, then that this doesn't matter how many advertisers we have because people are not going to buy. So their main priority is to keep the customers happy, and that's why you have like a relevant score, right? I don't know if you um, if you're familiar with that, but a relevant score is is from one to ten. And that's based on the feedback of people. So if people react really negatively to your ad, then it's going to have a low relevancy score, and Facebook is not is probably going to stop running that ad, or it's not going to send it any more traffic. Um, or what it's going to do is it's going to give you, like, a super high cost per lead where you're going to want to turn that ad off. So, like, their priority is to keep the customers happy because if the customers are happy, then they're going to buy from the advertisers. Right, right. That makes a lot of sense. So, so um, if you run good campaigns through your expertise, you're able mm-hmm. to really drive down that relevant or build the relevancy score higher and drive down the, the CTR, the, the cost, rate, the cost yeah. up uh, or down um, so mm-hmm. that you're getting more bang for your buck, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, um, so 
so typically, though, what, you know, like split testing, people have heard the term, I know it's my, you know, in my head all the time, but um, what, what do you, tell people a little bit more about split testing. You and I are talking about that. We're trying to figure yeah. out the magic sauce right now, right? We want to find out that, that magic uh, the thing. So um, should we run an ad that's a free month? Should we run an ad that's a free mm-hmm. week? Should we run ads that are people buying online for a one-month $69.99 special, which I'm really trying to do right now. Um, so yeah. what, you know, like, so tell us a little bit about split testing and the reasons for it. Yeah, so um, so like I said, you, you got to feed Facebook variation so that it can optimize to, like, so it can give you, like, a good cost per acquisition, good cost per lead. So, like, for example, if you have, if you're split testing a bunch of ads and then you see that one performs best, then we can cut up all the other ads and then just run that one. And, uh, you know, that's going to give us our, the best bang for the buck, right? Um, and it's good to have different variation because, like, a lot of people, what they do is, like, they, they set up one ad with one image and, uh, you know, they have an audience of, like, 10,000 people and then they run it for, like, a week and then it stops working after that week. That's because they haven't fed Facebook enough variation and the audience is too small. So you need to, so what I do for my campaigns is, um, I split test, I find the ones that work and then I find the ones that don't, I cut off the ones that don't work and I duplicate, uh, the ones that do work with a slight variation. Okay. That's, yeah, that's great. I love that. I mean, again, yeah, you, mine sounds to me, it's, it's, it's marketing 101, right, where you uh, find the headline that works. And then yeah. once the headline is working, you find the body copy that works and, you know, and then uh, the picture that works. And so you're only changing one variable at a time to right. – uh, but, but the only way that you can do that is, one, you've got to spend the money. Uh, two, you, you have to spend time uh, doing it. And, and what it right. sounds to me like is what you're saying is not only are you doing the uh, correct – Marketing 101, 102, 103 things, meaning uh, the principles of marketing, which are highly important. Um, but you're also you're also taking the opportunity um, from the the martial arts school owner to have to invest their time to learn those things, do those things, uh, uh, you know, all that work, and you're doing that work for them. And and I think that's what. Um, for me, as a school owner, I, I've done everything. So, you know, when I bought my, my partners out, one of the partners wiped out our website. So I quickly had to learn how to do website work. I had to build our website. And anymore, when somebody asks me, hey, what, what should I do about a website? Obviously, I point them to Allie. But the biggest thing, because Allie has a website business that he creates websites for martial arts school owners and other people, too, other industries. But uh, the the biggest thing is that, Try not to do everything that you're not an expert in. Um, I, you know, so unfortunately, I, I can do website work and Allie's tried for years to take over my website and I, it's just, it's, it's a, and, and, and I should do it. I should say, Allie, here, go ahead and do this. But I've done it for so long, it's kind of like, you know, it's my, it's my baby. I don't want to give that up, even though yeah. it takes a lot of my time to optimize it every single, uh, <clears throat> every single week and write the blog posts and all these other things. I say all that to say to school owners that are listening that, yes, you're going to spend money on the front end. Um, 
but what we're not calculating is the, the cost of your time to have to do that, too. We've talked about the fact that we're looking at student value. And, Allie, you brought up the fact that the first month, yeah, we with a $1,500 cost, we lost 600 But by the second month, we're making more money. By the third month, we're making more money. But what we're not calculating is the fact that for us to do all of this, there's a cost. So if if I'm, I'm only making $20 an hour, it still costs me 20 bucks an hour. If I'm making $50 an hour uh, as a school owner, then it's costing me $50 an hour. Um, I have a bookkeeper. I have a bookkeeper who I pay 30 bucks an hour to. I don't have to touch my books at, at all. And, and you know, I spend probably about anywhere from 100 to 150 bucks a month to have my book, bookkeeper take care of all of my books. And it's one of the best monies spent. And my point is that, you know, we're all trying to find the magic pill. But what we have to also understand is that we are not uh, masters at everything. You know, we may be a master in our belt that we wear, but it doesn't mean that we're a master marketer. And outsourcing a lot of this stuff, and I'm not the best person to uh, – I'm uh, – what is it? I'm a hypocrite because I'm doing my own website. You know what I mean? That type of thing. I, I'm yeah. just saying if I had to do it all over again, I would I would outsource all that stuff. Allie, what do you say yeah. about that? Well, first of all, I agree. You definitely should have me do your website. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but, Gus, one thing, though, just a few comments. You, you hit on a lot of really great touch points, as we call them, Dan, and they're awesome. So, first, I have to disagree slightly with the it's basic marketing one-on-one comment. But then you said marketing 102, marketing 103. So going back to the split testing, um, I found that process to be mind-boggling. Like it's almost like a scientist working on the cure for cancer. I, you know, yeah. they put in a little drop of A and a little drop of B, and then they test it. And then they add in a little drop of C, and then they test it. And then they go, hey, we're on to something here. And, but the formula is always constantly changing, right? So how do, like Dwayne said, you find a, type, a heading that is working. Then you find the body that works. But then you find the picture that works. But then, but what if the picture changed the heading? Or it was the photo that was really the problem? And this is where testing is, is very important, right? And finding mm-hmm. and that's why I love a lot about why Facebook has these algorithms, because they do, um, they do a lot of this, uh, you know, um, it's bot oriented, computer software oriented, where they measure response time, responses, you know, how many responses, age groups, and it's all plugged in uh, where you and I or us three would be figuring that out, right? So that thing? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say this, though, but the other thing that he has the advantage of is that he's doing this on a broader scale. So uh, right. let's say that he has 25, 30 martial arts school owners or more, whatever it is that he's doing that for. He is calculating all of that information and applying it across the board. So where if we're doing it on our own, we're having to spend so much money to do all of this testing where and time, money and time, where he's doing that for 25, 30 or more school owners. Right. Um, and, and he can take all of that information to help our school or your school that he's doing yeah. it for or Brett's school that he's doing it for. On, on, a, on a much quicker uh, scale, as opposed to, you know, split testing one school, he's split testing, you know, X number of schools yeah. with X number of campaigns, and all of that information is helping everyone that he's helping. Yeah, and that's exactly what, when I talked to Gus initially, I said to him, I said, listen, do you, do you work with a lot of martial arts schools? What are you doing with them? What campaigns are working the best for them? 
and uh, unfortunately, I mean, you know, fortunately, but unfortunately, I, I'm in New York where we're oversaturated with competition. Um, so um, I think that it's a little bit different than maybe in an area where there's less competition. But so I asked us that very opinion: what works? What works better? Um, free free class offers, or a free one week special, or a free one month, or a free or a charge sixty nine ninety nine to get them through the door. Um, what's your opinion on that? What what's some of the experience that you've had in the past? Do you find that one works better right now in certain areas? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just first, I would like to comment on on uh, before I get into this. Um, yeah. Not every first month is a loss. Um, I had a, a boxing gym that I was working with that um, I started working with them and I got them 16 new uh, clients within the first month. So they actually didn't lose money that first month. Um, yeah. So, but as far as like the, the ads and, and uh, the offers, like it really, it, there's a few factors. So there's the offer and there's your area, right? So I've literally run very similar campaigns in Washington and in Austin and they the one in Washington was performing extremely well, and then the one in Austin wasn't performing as good because of the competition and the area and the market, right? So right. different markets are are different when it comes to, like, you know, some some areas are saturated, some are not saturated. Some people right. have better, like, good brand awareness, and some people don't. So um, really, it just comes uh, it comes down to their branding and uh their their area as well right so that's that's awesome so then so then that's Dwayne. it goes Dwayne, it goes back to what you said relying on gus to be the expert and, and getting it out of our heads because look what i did just there like i just in explaining it it becomes mind it's mind-numbing to me mind-boggling to me so it's like almost like with a website i'm going back to that and saying okay you're you you spend a lot of time on staying up to date on seo there's probably a lot of stuff that you know that the majority of martial arts school owners that build their own websites or have a, another company even, because there are website companies that don't know SEO. They know nothing about it. They build this fancy-looking website, and we, we search their SEO scores based on Google relevancy, and their SEO is terrible. So, um, But then again, you know, that's something that they don't understand. You could, it's like talking right. to people and, and speaking in Latin or Japanese, and they don't understand the language, right? So it, it's hard to get people to understand that. So um, it's really important to know where the value value sits. So, so well, I like what uh, Brett said real quick. As Brett said uh, this, he says we can't keep up with it. You know, a pro eats, sleeps, and breathes this stuff, and and right. you know that's that's the advantage that somebody uh, you know like Gus has is the fact that. You know, that's what he is doing. That's what he is working on and focused on. That's his one thing, um, and and he's an expert in that one thing. If that makes sense. So I, it just it, it, it I just want you know the school owners that are listening to understand the fact that you know look we're all in it to make money, right? We're all in it to better our lives. Um, and and if if my bookkeeper can take the books off my plate. And, you know, Allie can, and again, I'm sorry, Allie, I'm not ready to, to, to relinquish my website yet. I just, I, I, but if, if I were to let Allie take over my website, then I, I could just, and really, you know, for 250 bucks or 300 bucks or whatever I would be charged by your company to do that, I would, I would, I would have to go find, you know, time to go and, 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 and actually I'd have time to go and make more money. Um, right. But I, what I want everybody to understand is the fact that, um, we don't. We shouldn't be experts in everything. 
Uh, and in this day and age, we don't have to be experts in everything. We do have to be experts in one thing that Gus brought up is the fact that knowing our numbers, knowing the percentages, and that's something that Allie and I talk about all the time, but part, part of knowing our numbers and our percentages is also knowing where our strengths and weaknesses are. And then getting an expert in that area or areas to take care of, of those things. I, I decided a long time ago, I don't have, I don't have to know everything. Uh, I just needed to know where to get everything. And I think that's what we're talking about right now is the fact that yeah. I don't have to know uh, Facebook ads and the ad campaigns. I just have to know somebody that knows how to do it. And really, um, you know, Zig Ziglar said that, uh, you know, you can have everything in life that you want if you just help enough other people get what they want. Well, what is it that we want? We we want more students coming in through the door. Well, you know, what, what does Gus want? I don't know what Gus wants, but I know one thing is that Gus wants to make more money like we all want to make more money. And if he can supply that, then we're going to supply him with what he wants. And I'm sure there's more things than money that you, that you just want, Gus. But I'm just throwing that out there because that's usually the thing that stops all of us is the cost of doing this. And, and when we really factor in the fact that um, if – it's it's not all about the dollar um, with regards to the fact that, uh, it, it, you know, I'm paying this much money. It's also my time. Uh, and that, hey, look, Allie, we should probably put out that manifesto again so people can actually calculate yeah. what the time is worth. Should, and then go, oh, my gosh. Yeah, they, they, and then they go, oh, my gosh, this is what my time is worth. And, and what Dan Kennedy, I remember Dan Kennedy saying the fact that, you know, if you're still out mowing your lawn, you could pay somebody 20, 20 bucks to go mow your lawn. What the heck are you doing mowing your lawn? Yeah. That type of thing. And and not yeah. that you shouldn't mow your lawn, but the fact that uh, you really need to be conscious of your money. And and I think that this is a, a good awakening for all of us if, if we're not already there to go, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm spending time doing this when I'm worth this, and I should be working on, 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 on where my uh, time is better well spent. Yeah, and you know what I love, and I'm a, I want Gus to comment on this too, though. I love, you know, we've been working together, right, for a little while now, and um, he's very available. Like, uh, in a Sunday morning, we're chatting with each other. I texted him, hey, we just got a lead, and he's following up on the lead that I got. So, you know, he's running these campaigns, and he wants me to follow up on my leads because my leads, if I sign them up, I'm going to be happy. And, of course, I'm going to be happy with him because he keeps feeding me leads. So he's following up and making sure that we're doing this. Before, I forget if we talked about this online or before we got on the call, but sometimes people say, hey, Gus, I don't have time to follow up. Like, so, so they're actually shooting themselves in the foot. They're paying you to get the leads. You're getting the leads. They're not following up on the leads, and then they don't get the sign-ups. And then, of course, who are they mad at? You, of course, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was their yeah. fault. So, like, what's your suggestion? Give us a few little tidbits of information that you shared with us before about how quickly should people respond, how long should people follow up and follow through, because you said some mm-hmm. leads don't pan out initially, but maybe in three months, four months. Like, what is your thoughts on that? Yeah, so, um, like, what I like to tell people, and like I said, I'm big on setting um, expectations just because a lot of people have misconceptions about everything, right? Like, as far as, like, oh, they just think, okay, I'm going to – this lead's going to come in, and then once, the, uh, once I call them, they're ready to buy. You know, that, that's not right. the case most of the time. You know, you're going to have to take them through a sales process and, um, you know, nurture them a little bit for them to actually come in and uh purchase you know like like i said there's so much competition out there 
Um, people have so many options, you know. Um, right. So you definitely want to separate yourself from the competition. And uh, mm-hmm. I just want to add um, to something that we were talking about earlier, you know, um, as far as, like, outsourcing and all that. So, like, for me, when I started my agency, um, you know, I just focused on having the best service. Um, and I narrowed down my agency to, like, a, a few core services, like the main one being Facebook ads. Um, and then I also narrow it down to a niche, like fitness centers, you know, martial arts, gyms, CrossFit, right? So what that does is that gives me an advantage to, let's say, a general marketing agency who's running campaigns for dentists or chiropractors or all these different things. Um, like, I'm going to be running ads specifically for this industry. So I'm going to be able to have data from all these different businesses, and I, I'm going to be able to create uh, duplicatable systems that I can implement to new new clients coming in, right? Yeah. No, that's awesome. I mean, I think, again, that goes back to us having you as the expert and knowing that you, you have that as the expert. You kind of know exactly what um, what's working and what's not working. And you could say to me, hey, no, I don't recommend going with the – $129 one-month special. It's working better with the freebie or the two-week or whatever and so on and so forth. So um, so with that being said, Dwayne, do you have any real solid questions like just on like specials or deals that are running good on the Internet or anything that Gus could help us with and maybe the clients and so on? Well, first, uh, I just want to uh, I want Gus to, to let us know if there's people that are interested in your service um, how can they uh, get a hold of you and, um, you know, continue to ask you questions to see if you're the right person to help them out? Yeah, so um, actually, you can actually, for those of you watching, you can actually book a free strategy call with me uh, to see if we're a good fit and uh, see if we can benefit from my services. Uh, you can go to leadhuntermedia.com slash schedule, and uh, you can book a free call with me. And uh, we can uh, we can see if we're a good fit and uh, how we can get you set up. That's great. And you just put that in the link, right, Dwayne? You have that in there? I did. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and by the way, that's how you and I, uh, we actually, you and I met through Brett Dunlop. Brett, Brett's a great guy. He connects people, right? He's, he's good at connecting people, right? Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. and then, uh, so anyway, you and I are chatting. We're working together. Now you met Dwayne. Um, and, uh, you know, and all of our clientele and friends and so on. So that's important. So um, with, with that being said, I, I have two other questions that I'll ask you real quick. So what mm-hmm. what do you find the trend is now with social media? Um, is it print ads with a special or is it video ads? What's working better? Or is it a combination of the two? What do you find works the best? Or is there one? Yeah, so um, there's different things. Like right now, I think Facebook ads is still the the number one. Um, it's it just because like it's you can target like super specific people, right? So I can target people who are like five miles away from the gym. I can target people, men, women, age. I can target interests, you know, if they're married, um, if they're divorced, like all these different things that I can target that just it makes finding a perfect customer uh not very difficult right and uh you know a lot of people what they do with this traditional marketing is they're spending money on on something that's not trackable um and then they're just hoping that they get something out of it right 
And yeah. that's why people can't scale. Like, if you don't know your numbers, how are you going to scale your business? You have to know the exact numbers to be able to put more money and uh, continue mm-hmm. uh, growing your profit. Now, do you find, though, running an ad on Facebook that's just print ad with a photo is better than um, a video, or do you find they both work depending on the circumstance and what the product is? What are your thoughts yeah. there? What should, what should people be working with? So for, for local businesses, my best ads have been videos, video ads, and uh, also the, the best copy seems to be long copy. Um, you know, something that really hooks people in, once they read, like, a really long copy, um, then they're, they're just hooked, man. They're, they're like, let me put in my information, see what this is about, and then they go on through the sales process. Yeah, and I notice that with the ads that you're running for me, when I've seen them, people have liked them, and then I see in my Facebook uh, that my campaign has been liked. I go and I look at the ad copy mm-hmm. and who did it. And, oh, and by the way, some of those people I'm in conversation with, they didn't even click on the ad, but they've liked the ad. Yeah. And then I, I'm behind the scenes, um, I'm stalking them a little, and, uh, you know, I'm <laughs> inboxing them a little. I'm saying, hey, listen, I noticed you liked my ad. I'm, I was curious if you wanted any more information. And some of them say, no, I just yeah. thought it was a great ad. And others say, yeah, give me more information. They just didn't take that extra step. So I'm, I do stalk a lot of my Facebook likes. Um, but... um. So I like the long copy, and, and I find that to be interesting, how, you know, how you've written it out, the benefits, the specials, the deals, how much they're saving, et cetera, et cetera. And then you also have the long copy with my video as well, and that seems to be getting a yeah. lot of you know, people turned over. I mean, we've been getting two to three leads a day sometimes, you know, um, you know at least that, on uh, different people filling out our form, which is pretty outstanding. Mm-hmm. Now it's just about me converting them. So whatever you're doing is working really, really well. Um, way better than I ever did when I was running Facebook ads. So that's great, though. So do you have any suggestions other than hiring you, of course, you know, to have you help them? But if someone was doing it, what are some things people should stay away from, some do's and don'ts on doing their own Facebook campaign, what they could be doing wrong, et cetera? Yeah, I think uh, people should stay away from, like, uh, stock photos. I think, uh, like, that just, doesn't work very well in most cases people just like kind of filter that out just because that's what they okay. see everywhere right so i think like some having something like original and uh you know being your gym like the whole the whole purpose of like the image or the video is to have people experience what it is like to be in your gym to be uh in your studio right now and then the right the whole copywriting part that's to describe the services, right? But when it comes to the image uh, or the video, that the whole purpose of that is to describe the experience to people. So brand, your, brand, come in. your branding, your own. So, so I heard Gary Vee just. Re- I just listened this morning. I'm um, listening to him, and he said it's better to have um, a, a, an iPhone photo of just a kid in class smiling. You know, even if there's a pile of junk in the background, that organic yeah. photo is much more natural than going and doing a photo shoot with a professional photographer. That organic, people see that as real versus staged, yeah. right? So that's that's what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You don't seem okay. like a like a business, uh, corporate business just trying to sell something. You seem like an actual person, uh, you know, that cares about about your, your market, that cares about your services, and that you want to help people, right? And, uh, you know, that's something that I do with every, every 
really every ad, like I, I try to make it as personal as possible. And I try to, you know, market it specifically to that industry and uh, to make it as natural as possible. Yeah, you know, it's funny when you say that because I have this one photo that was just just accidentally or not accidentally taken by a parent during testing where one of my instructors is putting a stripe on this little three-year-old's belt. And just them yeah. looking at each other at that moment in time, it just looks like the kid is so envious and, and reveres his sensei so much. I get so many likes on that photo, just people clicking and liking that photo. It's just so so organically touching. Um, I don't think we could have staged it, even if we tried. You know, hey, look up yeah. here. You know, like, it was just a spur of the moment. Parents took it. Hey, I want you to have this photo of my son. And, uh, and man, it's a beautiful picture. And I think I had sent it to you as well. So it's pretty, pretty yeah. cool. So um, Brett just wrote, Facebook is our parent demographic. So it's like where we look for the parents of, of our students, right? That's what we're shooting for. So what what do you have to say about that? Is that something that we should be focused on that, or should we be looking at the adult marketplace, or it doesn't matter. We Whatever we have to do, we have to find the right market through you knowing how to reach that clientele. Yeah, so the thing I like about parents is, like, um, you know, some people have, like, multiple kids, you know. So, like, if we get one lead that's a mom, she might have two to three kids that she can come sign up in your gym. Uh, versus, you know, targeting to adults where it's just that one person, right? Uh, but then some, sometimes, you know, you have parents who join, uh, and then they also sign up their kids. So, um, I don't think it's a black and white thing, but what I found is a lot of parents, you know, they're looking for an activity for their kid, a fun, safe activity. Um, and obviously, like, you know, like the whole martial arts is to teach kids, uh, confidence, teach kids discipline, and, uh, just to, to help their personal growth, right? So, I think uh, a lot of parents are attracted to that and just makes it a lot more convincing than, you know, a busy parent trying to come in or or, or somebody just trying to learn martial arts. Okay. All right. I like that. So, so Dwayne, any other things that you have? I, I think uh, yeah, your, your Facebook, um, uh, Dwayne put up your Facebook page and it says, you know, Facebook ad case. Um, studies or yeah. something like that, a link to that. Mm -hmm. So that's cool. People could click on our link below and read more about that that yeah. you put up there. Yeah. Um, but by the way, what are your – yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, by the way, if you all want some uh, – I also have a free case study training. So um, if you all want to go to my profile and click on that, um, it's literally a training of where I take you, you know, my case studies and uh, some kind of results that I've gotten for clients. And also, really, the the process that that I do to get results, and uh, you know, for people who are maybe uh, thinking of having this done for you, or for people who are just thinking about running their own ads uh, and they want to track their metrics properly, um, I suggest to go to that free training because uh, it will still be very helpful. Okay, cool, Dwayne. You see, yeah, you just add that question in. You want to read yeah. it? <clears throat> Yeah, so it says, a uh, quick question, should parents be able to uh, purchase your classes via ad or website or come into your dojos? Yeah, so um, I found that um, what what I'm doing, um, I believe I'm doing this with you, Ali, so we have, like, uh, we select people's information first, and then on the thank you page, uh, we have an option, an upsell option where they can check out right away. Now, the reason why we want to get people's information first and really 
we still give them an option to purchase online, but the reality is a lot of the times people aren't going to purchase right away. So like I said, we have to take them through that sales process and nurture them for them to come in and purchase and do all that. So we do have that option uh, where they can just purchase online, but we make it a priority to get their information first so that we can build that relationship. Okay, cool. So the question was, um, they, they said parents purchase your classes via an ad or website or come into the doses. I think that either one of those is good, but we really are shooting for information first then leading them down some sort of pathway to maybe doing an online sign-up to either do a free month or a free class or schedule a class or buy that program. But either way, we definitely want them to do most of the stuff initially via the ads on Facebook and then click through and so on, right? Yes. Okay, cool. All right, Dwayne, any, any other questions? No, I'm good. I, I just, uh, you know, want to obviously – you know, show that if, if people are interested that they can, uh, you know, schedule their free call uh, and go to leadhunterdmedia.com forward slash schedule in order to get that information and uh, talk with Gus pers- personally and, and make sure that, yeah, you know, uh, he's the right fit for them and, and uh, they're the right fit for him because that's also the case as well, right? You don't want bad clients. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I want good, good hardworking people. <laughs> Well, you know, and I think that that's fine, dude, and I love what you just said, though, because, you know, like like you said, you could get a client, and, and we go back to this, we said it in the beginning, and you could get them leads, they don't follow up on the leads, then what's the sense, they're going to be mad at you, and yeah. blame you for it, when the reality is they dropped the ball, they didn't follow up, they didn't have the right nurturing campaign, whatever, so we're always looking for that, you know, like I've had coaching clients that I coached every week where I finally said to them, listen, guys, we should kind of cancel this coaching thing because you just don't seem to be doing anything. Everything I tell you, everything I suggest to you, everything that we are supposed to do, you don't have it done by the week after or the week after. You're just paying me because you think by paying me you're going to make your business grow, and that's not the case. So, so, um, yeah, well, if you have any last-minute takeaways, Gus, you want to just tell people before we wrap it up, any last final things to people out there that are looking to do social media marketing with you or on Facebook, why don't you let people know, and then we'll wrap up the call. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, just one thing I'd like to add about uh, Facebook ads is, like I said, it, it's going to be a team effort. Um, it is like a, a done-for-you service, but, like, we, you still have to take them through your sales process, right? And um, if you're somebody who doesn't have a sales process yet, yet then I can help create that. But, like I said, you you're still going to have to put in the work and actually follow through with the lead and, uh, you know, with the campaigns and everything like that. So, yeah, that's the last thing um, I want to add. And like I said, um, if you want to outsource this um, and start getting more members, uh, you can go to schedule a call with me. Just uh, go to leadhuntermedia.schedule, fill out a, the quick survey, and then, uh, you know, we can talk. Okay, awesome. All right, Dwayne, very cool. Right. So last yeah, minute, well, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. No, Gus, I appreciate you being on the call with us today and uh, offering uh, some of those tips. Uh, and, uh, again, real quickly, schedule your free call at leadhuntermedia.com forward slash schedule. Um, and uh, go to – just want to remind everybody, go to schoolowner.com, um, and there is the uh, uh, manifesto that we talked about there. So if you're looking for that – 
that manifesto, you can go there and click on it and get our uh, martial arts business manifesto that uh, that's there. And it goes over a bunch of information with regards to, uh, you know, what you're, what you're worth. Uh, the other thing, too, just real quickly that uh, people have, have said that they liked was um, we talked about how many people that your establishment can actually hold. So being realistic on the amount of, of, of revenue that you actually can make per square footage on your floor that has was very helpful to people, which it has, just real quickly, has actually helped some people not go and uh, get another uh, building with, 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 with higher rent because they figured out, oh, I, I can actually make this amount of money. Because uh, that's what that's what killed a lot of school owners is they 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 think oh I got to go get this prime spot bigger space and then they have they're so rent heavy that they end they end up closing so that's another piece that's inside of the manifesto right. that uh, uh, is very important as well so go to schoolownertalk.com and get that <clears throat> schedule your free call with Gus at leadhuntermedia.com forward slash schedule thanks guys I appreciate it. Yeah, and thanks, Gus. I appreciate it. And, guys, if you're listening to this at a later date and you want to type in your questions, do so. Um, I will yeah, Gus will answer them. I will, Gus will answer them. I'll forward yeah. questions to him. And um, we'll probably in another few weeks or so, maybe a month, we'll do another call with Gus if you have specific questions you want answered. Um, let's We'll have him back on, and um, hopefully uh, he can help you guys out. So, Gus, thanks for being with us. Have a great day. And, Dwayne, you're awesome as always. And, Gus, you did a great job. And we'll talk to everyone soon, and I hope you enjoyed the call. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Take care. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs>